Today on Laura Lynn and Friends. When you consider the size of the virus particle, well, a virus particle is 0.125 microns, which makes the mesh in that mask actually three times larger than the, the actual particles that it's supposedly saving people from. If you consider driving your vehicle through a tunnel, a large tunnel on the road, well, that tunnel has to be a certain height to accommodate large articulated lorries and trucks. Well, that height approximately is three times higher than the person in the vehicle. So if I was six foot, you're probably looking between 18 and 20 foot for the tunnel height. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to The Last Days. It is my joy and honor to be with you. Um, I think that it's um, sooner than the last days, really, but is the last days the last 10 days of society? Is it the last 10 years? Is it the final 100 years? I mean, is that the last days? I do not know, but a whole bunch of nuttiness is happening, and we don't know what is going to go down next. Now, in order to escape, because it's quite fearful, and of course, we're under a lot of pressure, no one under more pressure from the crazy COVID era, of course, than uh, Prime Minister Trudeau. And uh, we've got a tape here of him basically um, arriving in Costa Rica recently. You may have heard that he is on vacation. Isn't that wonderful? And um, really just delighted that he is taking time for himself. Uh, to get away from all of the tyranny of Canada. That's why a lot of people are going to uh, Costa Rica right now and actually Mexico. I hear some Canadians in Costa Rica are just not even thrilled that he's there. I mean, the irony, isn't it just crazy? But of course he's stressed because you can see he's not wearing a mask. So when he's in Canada, he's got to put on all that blah 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 and put his mask on so that he looks like he is woke and safe for the country but when he goes on vacation to costa rica he doesn't have to do that well one guy that i really appreciate and i hope you have that ready there uh aaron i'll see if i can find the number but ho hopefully you have it but that is the costa rican president now this is a real leader of a country i gotta tell you I love this man, and I'm not certain that that Justin Trudeau would love him because this man is about freedom. This man has decided that there shall be never, ever any vaccine mandates in his country. So listen to the recent announcement that he just made. Take a look. Bueno, ministra, primero que todo, eh, entonces, ¿qué? ¿Qué sigue legalmente? Las vacunas dejan de ser obligatorias a partir de cuándo? De este momento es completamente, este, no son obligatorias porque se sesionó y se dio el criterio obligatorio. Hoy ya las vacunas no son obligatorias y por lo tanto cualquier acción contra alguien que no se quiera vacunar es una violación de la ley. Así Correcto. Es. Bueno. Muchas gracias. Okay. All right. For all of you on the podcast, you couldn't even understand that at all. So I hope I'm not muted anymore. But uh, basically, the, the president of Costa Rica says that as of right now, when they made that announcement, there shall never be any more mandates 
for vaccines on anyone. I think that is absolutely fabulous, don't you? The other thing, now this was a lengthy uh, press conference and I ended up listening to the whole thing because I love him so much and I wanted to make sure that um, our prime minister was in a safe country where he, he was, you know, going to be having the best time on vacation without all the tyranny of Canada, that he could escape the way the rest of us feel like that we need to. Um, and so ironically, this guy, it's not just the mandates he's bringing down. Apparently the lady beside him, which I think is the health minister, or she has a title, I'm so sorry not to know it, but she's amazing. So she went digging and she found out that the people that put in the mandates in their country, their, their tenure of time for their positions ended in 2020. So they, and no one asked and, and nobody kind of questioned and everybody, you know, it, the government gets very busy. Sometimes you don't quite see what the right hand or the left hand is doing. So what happened was these massive tyrannical nut jobs who probably belong in Canada were making all of these mandates for the, the vaccine in Costa Rica. Well, the new president got wind of it. He got wind that their tenure was done. So he said every last mandate or any rule they've made, boom, done. <laughs> it's all over. And so Costa Ricans are truly free. Uh, they tried this same nonsense there, telling people you've got to get your vaccines. Didn't matter what the VAERS reports were saying. <laughs> Didn't matter that children have died in the world because of the vaccine. Didn't matter that myocarditis, that all kinds of cancers, breast cancers, uh, you name it, it's all skyrocketing. No, it didn't matter that sudden death syndrome is now a thing that we should worry about. Not me and you, but some. Didn't matter that in Alberta, uh, there is the, the, the top reason for death now, it used to be, um, it used to be when you're a senior, you know, and you know, you're not doing well. Uh, but now it's an unknown cause. We can't figure it out. You, you can't all figure out why people are dying. You, you have no idea. And now all of a sudden there's all these deaths and who has to bring it up? Leslyn Lewis. She's running for the leadership of the, of the conservative party of Canada. Leslyn Lewis is saying, Hey guys, has anybody noticed that sudden adult death syndrome is seizing our nation? All kinds of deaths. Nobody's really talking about it. Who's going to call it out? Anybody noticed? Dr. Peter McCullough talking about almost 30,000 deaths on the VAERS reports. That's just in North America. And by the way, barely includes Canada at all because nobody reports here very well. Try to find true numbers. They're all too busy hiding it. They change it up. Dr. Bonnie Henry and her assistant, you need to watch Amazing Polly to get the dish on that. I love Amazing Polly. She can, she can find stuff like nobody's business. And you need to see how they skirt around this and skirt around that. You never get the real information. It's all a bunch of nonsense. So right before we go to our incredible guest, I'm wondering if, uh, Aaron, if we could roll uh, number 23, 
Dr. Ryan Cole has something interesting to say. He says, dead people don't lie. Take a listen. The cells don't lie. The blood patterns don't lie. The dead people don't lie. And the deposition of the spike protein in tissues doesn't lie. So you can attack me. You don't, you don't have to like me. Uh, I've, I've lost some of my largest clients because they're like, oh, you're too controversial. I'm like, controversial? I'm a pathologist. My, I don't create a disease. I don't prevent a disease. I am the reporter at the scene of the accident. I report the disease. I am observing patterns. We have definitely seen an uptick of many patterns that are unusual. Pathologists are the quality control of medicine. Attack me all you want but that's your own insecurity and the fact that you can't come forth with data to counter what I am saying. And I'm not the only one seeing this. Oncologists everywhere I travel now in the country and the world, been in France, been in England recently, pathologists, other physicians, oncologists, radiation oncologists, radiologists, they're seeing it. I was on a big Zoom call with a large group in New York yesterday. So one gal was talking to uh, the gal doing her mammogram and she said, are you seeing an uptick in breast cancers? And she said, are you kidding me? We're seeing tons of 20 and 30 year olds coming in with breast cancer and about 99% of people in their population are jabbed. And so a radiologist here just across the state calls me and says, I just saw two high grade breast cancers in 31 year, uh, two 31 year old women four weeks after their booster. And chair of oncology at a large hospital in Florida just a month ago said, hey, doc, thanks for speaking out. I usually see a, a, an aggressive brain cancer in a young patient about every decade or so. I've seen five in the last month after the boosters. And so left and right, wherever I go, the medical community is starting to speak up and confirm what I'm seeing. In England, uh, a week and a half ago, same thing. A uh, doc came up to me, a doctor from Ireland, doctor from England, a nurse who's been in medicine for 30 years. They're like, hey, we're seeing it and it's in young patients and it's aggressive and we have patients that have been cancer free for three, four, five years. All their scans are clear, they get that booster and now they have stage four disease again. Anybody talking about this out there? Any politicians who want to lead our country? Anybody out there wanna sort of begin saying there's an elephant in the room and we can't be silent any longer and we've got to talk about this. I wonder where the courage has gone in our nation. I'm about done. Uh, on every post that I do on Facebook or one of uh, the many platforms that we go on to, um, somebody's posting about the recent death, sudden death of a member of their family and or close friend. Lots of people reporting crazy stuff is happening. Why aren't you talking about it? What is going on? Well, there is somebody that talks an awful lot about it. He has a great podcast. Uh, he is Chris Smith from the Atlantic Underground Podcast. Talks about all kinds of things. And today we're gonna be talking about something that we think is gonna be coming back. We think it'll be coming back with a vengeance because Dr. Teresa Tam with her big hefty raise she got recently, is going to be ensuring that we are all wearing our masks. So are masks good for you? Are they bad for you? Let's talk to our next guest. Thanks for joining us today, Chris. Hello. How are you, Laurelyn? I'm very, very well. I was on your 25th podcast, right? Something like that. That's right. 20, 25th podcast. And we are now at, I think it's around about episode 102 on the Atlantic Underground podcast. So yeah, we've I come a long it. way, a lot of fantastic guests, a lot of experts and doctors, very much the same 
that you talk to as well and we're getting some great information out there so it's it's good but are people really listening i hope so <laughs> well we we do hope so um i've decided that if i if i can't change someone's mind i don't waste too much time anymore i i try to give information to those who have ears to ear hear and eyes to see and those who want to know the truth and are not afraid of it and are willing to face what's happening in our nation. Um, masking, Chris, uh, you, you do an awful lot of work in this area. You, you like to have all the facts. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Or, I, I mean, is there really any harm to just wearing that mask for eight hours a day and breathing in your own snot and, and you know, exhaling uh, bacteria? Many, Could it be that Many bad? people... Yeah, many people wouldn't think so. You know, it's getting to a stage now I'm seeing the increases of people starting to wear and the fear that the government is starting to pump out again and, and the little trickle through is having enough people, certainly where I am down in Mexico, certainly in Canada where I came from and certainly in England where I was originally from. But at the end of the day, these masks don't do what they are supposed to do and people need to be aware that the stories they are being told by the media and supposedly the medical profession are not strictly true and there's a lot of plays on words with what they're using if you take the n95 mask the holy grail supposedly of masks certainly the one that is the preference of choice for the single occupant car driver that likes to wear them around town well, at best, you know, an N95 mask can filter anything down to 0.3 microns, which sounds a very small area. And it is a very small area. But when you consider the size of a virus particle, well, a virus particle is 0.125 microns, which makes the mesh in that mask actually three times larger than the, the actual particles that it's supposedly saving people from. If you consider driving your vehicle through a tunnel, a large tunnel on the road, well, that tunnel has to be a certain height to accommodate large articulated lorries and trucks. Well, that height approximately is three times higher than the person in the vehicle. So if I was six foot, you'd probably look in between 18 and 20 foot for the tunnel height. If we all turned up at a large tunnel, I'm sure we'd have no problem walking through it whatsoever. So the actual mesh size does nothing whatsoever. And the real purpose of a mask anyway is for surgery and for dangerous workplaces where there's hazardous materials and anything that's completely serious where you're in an area where there's a biological hazard. Well, then you're in full sealed suits with an air fed mask. So nothing can get in. You've got external air coming in. And, you know, they wear these because they know a mask will not provide protection. And we're talking, you know, even small dust particles like asbestos, which there's a lot of cases of asbestosis in people over the years that have worked in building. But at the end of the day, the masks will not protect them from even that. You know, they have to have air fed suits. And these are particles that you do not need an electron microscope to look at. The other concerns as well, we're looking at something called hypoxia, which is lack of oxygen. And I've seen people post videos up saying, well, look, the oxygen levels are great. It's not a problem. You can wear a mask. Well, 
it's not so much the lack of oxygen it's the rebreathing of the gases that we are supposed to expel from our bodies these gases that come out the, the breathing system on the body is exactly the same as any other excretion system from the body so the gases the waste the bacteria the moisture and everything that is supposed to come out your body the same as if you were sat on, on the toilet it's supposed to get out the natural body gets this out now if you're wearing a mask and that mask is holding it in not only are you rebreathing in a lower concentration of air into the body you rebreathe in the gases that can't get out you rebreathe in the bacteria as well and you know this can lead to cardiac arrest in itself it can also lead to cancer because it starts to increase the acidity within the body but it can also lead to damage in the brain if you're wearing this longer and longer and then the bacteria buildup that we were discussing the bacteria in the body rebreathing it is going to reinfect people it's going to make people sick because they're going to have this bacterial buildup in the body which the immune system can't cope with it's an actual overload so a lot of people who are wearing masks are getting sick immediately rushing off to go and get that lovely covid test that works wonders and tells you immediately if you have covid 19 but at the end of the day it's all going hand in hand what they're you know breathing out and what they're getting sick by a lot of the time is a bacterial overload but then we look at the masks themselves we look at the contaminants that are actually in the masks that people don't even consider we know that there's poly tetrafluoroethylene in the masks ptfe and this is used to moisture proof the masks and to stop them getting soggy with the moisture that we breathe out into them well exposure to this will cause fever chest tightness and shortness of breath headache chills sore throat and have we heard these symptoms before do they sound familiar <laughs> so at the end of the day this is causing symptoms that people think is COVID. Again, they're going to go and get tested. There's also microplastics now, which are being found in people's lung tissue. And this is from the polypropylene plastics, which are also in the masks. This over time is going to cause cancer and untold poisons within the bloods. Then we have to look as well as what we're seeing with people just wearing masks, pulling them off the faces, I worked in a health and safety environment um, where I was tasked with being the health and safety guy um, for the company. And I had to help people fit what they call PPEs, personal protection equipment. And the masks that we had to wear, they were the, the 3M double cartridge style with the rubber things that slot right the way around your face and make a real nice airtight seal. I had to teach people as part of their job description, how to fit these masks. Because if they didn't fit them masks, that those masks right to their face or knew where the straps went, how to adjust them and make them tight, they were going to have a problem when they were in an environment with dust, chemicals, solvents, whatever the area was. So we had to teach people how to wear those personal protection equipments. 
when you look at the people wearing the masks out there now, half the time it's not even on the nose. There's no point in even wearing the thing. It's just a token gesture. But most people, you can see, if you stood behind them, you can see through the, the mask, you can see where it doesn't fit. You'll get people with huge beards wearing a mask over a beard that sits two inches off the face. Well, the beard's taking all the air and the, the mask's doing absolutely nothing. You know, it's absolutely crazy. We then look at the manufacturer of these masks and it's usually overseas where strict levels of sterile production are just not adhered to. So you've got a question, what is it you're getting by the time we factor in multiple handlers of these masks from manufacturer right the way through to packaging, transport, they'll come across the oceans in ships in varying temperatures and varying you know, moisture conditions, non-sterile storage in a big metal container, and we end up with something that is not suitable for purpose. The contamination from manufacturer alone should concern people. But by the time this gets through to the consumer, the mask is, is probably not even usable. I'd also like to talk about the fact that the, the reason people are wearing masks is usually because the medical system, the news, the lamestream media with their beautiful propaganda systems are using a language which makes people fear getting any kind of illness. No, nobody wants to get ill, I understand that, but they really have ramped up over the past two years, this fear campaign, and they're going to use news articles with clever language to convince people that the masks are safe. And they're going to say, you know, word in such as masks can help, or if you're immunocompromised, you're at high risk for severe illness, which is a given. If you're immunocompromised, you are at high risk for contracting a severe illness. It doesn't matter what it is. But there's no actual scientific as evidence out there now, even when we look back at reports within the medical establishments, that these masks can protect you. I mean, past studies prior to the emergence of COVID do confirm this. The CDC even posted in the wake of the wildfires that the cloth masks cannot protect you as the small particles will enter through the mesh. Now, when you consider the fact that if you can see with the naked eye smoke, the particles of smoke are far greater than something that you need an electron microscope to see, such as a virus. And they are telling you that this smoke is gonna get through the mask. It doesn't take a genius to work it out. I just want people to apply a little bit of common sense to that. I mean, you've got to also add the discomfort and the problems that are people that are wearing these masks eight hours a day for work, for school, people who are just living in fear. There's pressure sores, rashes, and reactions to the chemicals used in the production. And this is becoming very, very common in people. People are getting sick and contaminating themselves with it. I mean, to summarize here, it's clear that the masks have very little to offer in regards to protection as believed by many. And these false projected benefits are in no form whatsoever outweighing the dangers of actually using them. I think the only thing it's given to people right now is the psychological comfort to ease their fears. 
that the propaganda mainstream is putting into them. And, and that is a very powerful force and one of the reasons that they do it. I wanted to say a um, couple things. Uh, I saw an article on some folks who did lab experiments on what was left over after uh, somebody had worn a mask for eight hours. Yeah. And, uh, and on and off, you know, like, you know, you take it off for lunch or whatever, but you put that thing back on and they cultured it and let it grow it was absolutely disgusting. Like it's absolutely yeah. sick what's in there. Uh, and we all know that people then stick that same mask on probably for another few days. Doesn't matter. You know, they don't want to just keep changing their masks. So people get lazy and they get, you know, uh, really, you know, they, they just don't think about it anymore. And they do some things that are grungy, dirty. Uh, in closing, yeah. uh, Chris, I just appreciate your thoughts so much. Um, do you think that we are going to have less compliance if they're going to try to bring that mask back? Because I did hear somebody, a very big somebody in the United States of America say that she feels they should be here permanently, like that our society yeah. should go on. Masks become part of, of our, you know, our life. Uh, do you think that people are at the point where they are not going to do it uh, because they, they did it once and they think it's a bunch of bunk um, or, you know, like, how, how do you think that's going to go for the fall? Will less people be likely to comply if they're going to try to make this mandatory? It depends what pressures are put on them. You know, if workplaces now and areas where you go, you know, if, if people can't get into a supermarket, if people can't go to work or do their job and their livelihood again is threatened, it's wrong. I know it's wrong, but the system has its fingers on so many buttons that it can press to apply the pressure to the to the general public. Yeah, they don't want to lose their job. And they don't want to lose the job. And and the thing is what they you know, what they don't realize where the people have gone ahead and taken the vaccine for the job, where the people are going ahead and wearing masks for the jobs. Is their health suffering to these extents actually worth the risk of the job i know that there's other jobs out there that people could do and i know that people get into the comfort zones in regards to having the income but you know what if everybody started talking to each other i think the main problem is a communication problem between people and if people could actually get together and stick with each other forget the divide and conquer that we're seeing and actually come together and talk with each other and say, hey, listen, I don't want to wear this mask. I think it's making me sick. It's making my children sick. I'm seeing other people wearing them. I'm well aware that they don't do anything to stop a virus that's supposed to be so deadly. And if people come together and in solidarity turned around to their employers and said, no, we don't want to do this. And if they educated them with the, the reasons why, the employer, wherever you go, you know, shouldn't have any reason to enforce this if the evidence is known by the people so they can argue their case and come together and stop this. And this is the only way it's going to happen because the government are just going to continue to push the lie for their own narrative and benefits with whatever agenda it is they want to push. It's like we all have to get on the same page. And when we do, when we get on the same page, we'll be powerful. But my fear uh, and my concern is that people like you and I, we're willing to fight, we're willing to be strong, battle it out. We're, you know, at all costs, uh, 
you know, do something, but a lot of people just don't have it in them or not enough horrible things have happened uh, that they'll be strong enough to battle back. And so, so quite a few will probably back, be back into that same horrible state of having to wear the mask, especially for jobs. And I do, I, I mean, a father on a mother who has to feed their child, um, they, yep. you know, they're really boxed in. So I understand that. Chris, where can people follow yeah. you? People can find us at www.atlanticundergroundpodcast.com, which you might see above us there. Um, I do. We launch, we launch all our, our videos uh, when we can. Uh, we'll try and get them out on the social media platforms. You're going to find us on YouTube. Um, we put the more milder videos on there because we've already had a termination once. Uh, you're going to yeah. find from our, our <laughs> website that the links are going to be there for the likes of Rumble and BitChute and the other channels that aren't getting censored. And what you're going to find on there is a lot of interviews with some absolutely incredible doctors and scientists and specialists. We had uh, Dr. Chris Shoemaker on last week. We had Dr. Dave Cartland from the UK on. Um, this week, I've got Max Egan coming on. So, you know, we, we do have some very, very incredible guests on there. That's fantastic. Who, yeah. I, I just with you, wish you so well, uh, Chris, because you're, you're such a, a very interesting person. You're very courageous. And I honor that courage because not everyone will speak the way you do. Not everyone will talk about these very important issues and you have found a way to do it. And so I wish you Godspeed in your journey and let's do this again. Let's do it again and keep up the good work because I think the more of us that continue to do this, the more of us that speak out, the more people can listen yeah. and people need to share this kind of thing and get it out there because we're not going to change the world. But if we just do it one person at a time, that's one person enough for me. 100%. Thank you so much. God bless you, Chris. Take care. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Wow, great guy. Absolutely great guy. Let's do Australia's news on hospitals being overwhelmed, um, ambulances backed up, and all the expenses. Uh, all the experts can say is the system is broken. Shocking at new report card on Victoria's healthcare system showing ambulance wait times are blowing out with more than one third of urgent call outs failing to meet the recommended response time. Patients are also waiting longer in emergency departments and 87,000 people are in the queue for elective surgery. For more, we're joined by Victoria AMA President Dr Roderick McRae. Uh, thanks for your time this morning, Doctor. You know, these figures, they're looking at the period between April and June this year. Uh, did you realise things were this bad? So, look, the, the situation is perhaps, you know, we're hopefully thinking uh, reaching a plateau here in Victoria, but all of the statistics are indicating that absolutely every point of the healthcare system in Victoria is absolutely overwhelmed. So it's difficult to get an appointment for, the general, for a general practitioner. Uh, if you have a sick child, you go to the emergency department and then you suddenly see the queues, uh, the uh, difficulty all of the colleagues are having to look after people to the best of their ability in emergency departments and as you enter them, you notice ambulances ramping. So everything is very, very tight. You talk about how tight things are. In this time, we were told there was 486,000 patients that presented to emergency departments yeah. in Victoria. That's up 5%. It uh, certainly is. Is that 5% simply down to COVID and the flu? Like, where are these people and why are these people coming in? 
Well, we, we certainly in Victoria, we're busy absolutely reproducing everything that occurred in the United States from 100 years ago after the Spanish flu. We wanted to get business going. We wanted to go to the restaurant. We wanted to go to the movies. And of course, it just transmits the virus. So with the background of not just COVID-19, influenza A and respiratory subsidial virus in the children, there's just more and more presentations to every part of the healthcare system. Now, if you phone your general practitioner and say, I'm fully booked out, they're not on holidays. They're fully booked out, working overtime hours anyway and you have to wait four days to have your two-and-a-half-year-old child who's sick, not just a sniffle, they're sick, so you race off to the hospital. Sometimes you call an ambulance, sometimes you have to wait to get through to call an ambulance, and then you have to wait to get an ambulance. Unbelievable. And I reported the other day on how there are hospitals literally shutting down in Canada, several, uh, in different provinces, and they're just shutting them down because they don't have enough staff. Because in Canada, we have basically let go. I talk to uh, RNs all the time. They've lost their jobs. They're the cream of the crop and they've lost their jobs. They actually had discernment that maybe this vaccine uh, should, should be waited on or considered before I just take it and be a guinea pig in this uh, whole experiment. And as we're seeing, many people now ending up in hospitals, many people are dying. and. I was very sad to hear today that Olivia Newton-John has died. I just, to me, that is tough because she was like the, the girl we looked up to. She came out, what was that movie, JT? Yeah, Grease. <laughs> and I wasn't really allowed to watch it in the family I grew up in. <laughs> that was not the right example. <laughs> but I just loved her and she sang and she was with... Um, John Travolta, and she had that, she got that perm in her hair, like she had the curly hair, and I had, I got the same perm, and I, it, yeah, oh, it did not work out the way I wanted it to. I was that sad girl with the bad perm. Me and my, my friend Kelly, we did it on the same day. <laughs> it was just, we, our home perm did not work out, but we wanted to be Olivia Newton-John. So I'm very sad at her passing. I do not know what happened or why she is, she had breast cancer. Looks like, okay. And so she is gone all too soon. Um, let me leave you with this. Uh, let me just grab this. Are you able to help me with that? Yeah, I'm just gonna pull this out. There we go. All right. So uh, I was looking up in the word this morning and uh, thinking about how we sure do need the Lord, don't we? I mean, it, it really is. It really is our only hope. Let me tell you. Uh, yeah, it, I know. Let, can you just uh, let um, him know that we're not sure what happened with our feed, but we're going to close out. Um, I, I honestly believe that, that God is our only hope everyone. He is our, truly our only hope. I don't know how we can rely on politics. They are doing a disastrous thing today. And may God deal ever so severely with those who take out um, people that want to make the country better. May God help us all. And I know that you'll join me in that. You know what? I'm going to go to I am going to go to Psalms 35. I love Psalms 35 because it talks about God being the one who will deal with our, he will deal with our enemies and we have an awful lot of them.
Here in Canada, we have got a very big problem. And you all know this, don't you? We have a very big problem with what is going on. Um, it's going to take a miracle. I guess I can't play that one video that I have. I can't play it. I'll play it tomorrow, everyone. I'm sorry. <laughs> We've lost the show here. Okay. Um, Psalms 35. We, we pray this on behalf of every single person who needs help from God to defend them from enemies. That could be your boss right now. This is what Psalms 35 says. Contend, Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take up shield and armor, arise and come to my aid. Brandish spear and javelin against those who pursue me. Say to me, I am your salvation. May those who seek my life be disgraced and put to shame. May those who plot my ruin be turned back in dismay. May they be like chaff before the wind. May the angel of the Lord drive them away. May their path be dark and slippery with the angel of the Lord pursuing them. Since they hid their net for me without cause and without cause dug a pit for me, may ruin overtake them by surprise. May the net that they hid entangle them. May they fall into the pit to their ruin. Then my soul will rejoice in the Lord and delight in his salvation. My whole being will exclaim, will exclaim, who is like you, Lord? You rescue the poor from those too strong for them, the poor and the needy from those who rob them. Ruthless witnesses come forward. They question me on things I know nothing about. They repay me evil for good. Like the ungodly, they maliciously mocked and gnashed their teeth. My tongue, at the end it says this, my tongue will proclaim your righteousness and your praises all day long. Because those who delight in the Lord, God will turn his sight towards you and he will deal severely with our enemies. Our enemies of the state, our enemies of our provinces, our leaders, corruption. God can bring it down in a moment and we pray for that. We pray for that in Canada, in the United States of America. We pray for God to deal ever so severely with those who come against those who are righteous before God, those who love freedom. And I'll tell you what, too, just in closing, it is time for us to separate ourselves. Separate yourselves. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. If you know that something is very wrong, Make God your right hand. Make him your portion. Let him be your spear and javelin. May God protect us all at these epic times. I appreciate you all so much. Uh, JT, I don't know how to get the end here. Is it somewhere here in brand? I appreciate all of you um, and love you. We'll be back tomorrow. We're sorry for the bit of a mix up today. Whatever happened, I don't. I don't know if somebody just went after our, you know, other thing. I have no idea, but I do know that we're here and we're here for the long haul. We appreciate 
all of your support, your love. My website is lauralyn.tv. Thank you for your love, your prayers, your support. Thank you for all of you who continue to support what we're doing. There is no way for us to do what we do except for you. That's the truth. We love you. We appreciate you. It means so much. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing. But for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked. And we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.